Welcome to A Legacy of Preaching with Dr. Bill Burr. For one to have a legacy of faithful preaching, they must love God, love God's truth, and love to preach His truth. Dr. Bill Burr excelled in all of these areas, and he has certainly left us all a legacy of faithful preaching. Now, let's all tune in for this great message from God's Word with Dr. Bill Burr. For about 35 minutes or so of your time, I want you to stand with me, please. And I just want to read uh, uh, Psalm 37, verse 1, verse 7, and verse 8 uh, tonight, please. And then I'm going to bring you a message from the Word of God. Psalm 1 says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Verse number 7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Now, I want you to underline those words in verse number 1 where it says, fret not. In verse number 7 where it says, fret not. In verse number 8 where it says, fret not. And I want to bring you a message tonight on five no-nos for the child of God. Five no-nos for the word, from the Word of God for the child of God. Our Father, we pray that you might bless tonight. Help us, dear God, in every way and in everything that's said and done here tonight, that it might be to thy honor and thy glory. And Father, we'll praise you. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and amen. Now you may be seated. Now, I know that may sound a little uh, rather trivial tonight, but it's what I have in mind when I talk about the no-nos for a child of God. Now, thank God Valerie, uh, she seems to have uh, uh, almost a permanent job out at uh, Stone and Thomas. I, uh, I heard that uh, they'd uh, ask her maybe to work in the office. Isn't that wonderful? Now, you folk keep praying. Amen and uh, that Valerie get that job out there. But now when she goes to work, the, the, the lady or whoever will talk to her, I'm sure they'll say what most of us have heard when we got a job, and they'll just say, now, that's a no-no around here. That's just something that's not to be done. In the home, when your child is growing up, and when David Dean is growing up, Mandy will see him getting into uh, something. She'll take his hand and spank it, you know, and then she'll look him straight in the eye, Brother Frank, and say, now that is a no-no. That means you let that alone. I know when Nathan was here, Nathan wanted to get into that uh, automobile I've got over there. Frank Elva gave me that, didn't he? I used to talk about wanting a Lincoln automobile, and everybody knows how much I uh, love West Virginia. So Frank and Elver got me one of those copper automobiles. You wind it up and it plays almost heaven, West Virginia, or country roads. And, and, uh, Nathan wanted to get into that. Every time he would, Brother Lloyd, I'd say, no, 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 that's a no, no. You leave that alone. Now, 
I think that the Word of God has some no-nos for a child of God. Now, I'm not talking about uh, not uh, I'm not talking about adultery and fornication. I I'm not even talking about stealing and lying and cheating and this sort of thing. I'm talking about some things that uh, that a Christian is not to do if he's to be a happy Christian. Now, if you want to be a happy Christian, an overcoming child of God, and uh, what we call uh, a successful child of God in serving the Lord, there's some things that you ought to leave undone in your life. Now, Psalm 37 is written for saved people, not to lost people. It's written to save people because in verse number uh, 23, it says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. So we're talking to saved people tonight. Psalm 37 shows us, I believe, exactly how Jesus Christ acted when he was here on this earth. Now, uh, people live under pressure all the time. You live under pressure at your, at your work. You live under pressure at school. You live under uh, pressure at home. And, and I'm telling you tonight that Psalm 37 will tell you how to deal with this pressure that we're continually under all the time. It tells you that everything, it, it'll make you understand that everything is going to turn out right. Amen. Because the last words, in fact, the, the psalm, the last statement in Psalm 37 says, and shall save them because they trust in him. Amen. So God is saying here, uh, to do these things in this psalm here and everything, Brother Frank, is going to turn out just fine and dandy. This psalm shows the secret of true happiness. Now, if I ask this question tonight of this congregation here, and, and if we went somewhere else, if I don't care, listen, uh, if it was lost people in here tonight, if you just forgot about the Bible, forgot about Jesus, forgot about church, and you just ask this one question, if you said, what do you want more than anything else in the world? Now, um, I'll guarantee you people wouldn't say they wanted a million dollars, and if they really think it through, they wouldn't come back and say, hey, I'd like to have a pink Cadillac with mud flaps on it. Now, um, that's not what people really want today. I'm saying to you people, if they were honest, Brother Frank, I believe they'd say to you, I want to be happy. I want to be happy. Everybody. Listen, there's one, two, or three things that people want, and that's, that's happiness. They want uh, security, and they want love. Now, everybody wants to love, and everybody wants to be loved. Amen. I, I kind of like that, and everybody wants to feel a certain amount of security. And everybody wants to be happy. I thank God for that tonight. Now, this gives the secret of true happiness. Look at verse number 16. It says, A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. Now, it doesn't take much to make a child of God happy. You think about it for a little bit. Amen. Everybody, listen, everybody's got fine clothes tonight and these ladies got new dresses and everything around and, and sweaters and skirts and all this. And we didn't a soul walk to church tonight. I don't believe we all rode in 
automobiles and so forth. So it doesn't take much to make it. Who was it? Dr. Jack Hiles, I believe. Brother Lloyd listens to a lot of his tapes. I believe Dr. Hiles says that the things that, that make people happy, the things that give true happiness to, to people in this world are available to every human being on the face of this earth. Now, now you think about that statement and weigh it out in your mind. I'm talking about those things that bring a true happiness to a, to a human being. They're available to every person in the world. Psalm 37, Brother Jimmy, is a cure for worry. Amen. You and I, we don't have to worry anymore. Isn't that wonderful? I, sometimes I think Jimmy has a little black book and he just writes things down in there that need to be worried about and then he'll get alone sometime and worry about. It. No, I'm just picking on him. I'm probably more guilty than he is, but I'm saying, listen, Psalm 37 will take care of of all the worry warts. Amen, Miss Burr. We don't need to worry anymore. I don't care if the towel bar is a little bit off center. There's no more, no need in worrying about it. There's no need in fussing at me anymore about it. I'm saying this psalm right here will take care of all the worry warts. Now, there are five things in this psalm which give a complete cure for worry. Now, these aren't the five no-nos. I haven't gotten to that yet. This is just the introduction to the message tonight. But I want you to notice these and mark them down, if you will, in Psalm 37. They'll give you a complete cure for worry. Verse number 3 says, trust in the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, listen, you won't worry much if you'll just learn to just trust in the Lord. And verse number four says, Delight thyself also in the Lord. Listen, just, just get happy in Jesus. Amen. You don't have to worry about things if you'll just trust in the Lord and delight thyself in the Lord. And listen, I want you to know this. Look up here for a minute. You can't get your mind on Jesus if, you, if it's on the things of this world. Amen. You can't think about the Lord if you're thinking about the things of this world. And that'll turn around. Amen. You can't think about the things of this world when you're thinking about Jesus. So this has the answer to all of your, your worry for a child of God. In verse number 5 it says, Commit thy way unto the Lord. Amen. Now, have you ever seen this sign hanging up in a store or somewhere? It says this, what you can change, change it. What you can't change, don't worry about it. Amen. Now that's pretty good advice, even though it was probably written by uh, somebody that's uh, kind of worthy. Now, I've seen fellas before, bless your heart, brother, brother Dennis, I've seen men before that were so ugly, bless your heart, they'd draw a blister on a painted fence. I, I mean, listen, there's not a thing you can do about that. You might as well just learn to live with it, you know. And some of you fellas want to get a little bit more Tall, you know, Billy, listen, he'd love to be six foot eight. He wants to be tall so, <clears throat> so he can play that round ball, you know. And his desire is to be able to run up to that basket like Michael Jordan and just float through the air and zip that ball and just dunk it. Listen, there's nothing you can do about your height, son. You can't add to your stature. You can't change your appearance. 
I mean, listen, there's nothing you can do about certain things. Just be happy. I mean, let's just commit your way to the Lord. And by the way, happiness comes from within. Amen? Now, I, I knew a lady when I was growing up that she, she was married when I was in high school, but she was older than me. But I'm telling you what's the truth. That was the ugliest woman. I mean, listen, you're talking about drawing a blister on a fence. She, she could draw one on this pulpit up here. I mean, listen, she, she was just as ugly. I mean, people would stop almost and look at her. She was so ugly. But I'll tell you one thing. People loved her to death, Brother Frank. They loved to be around her and uh, and her husband. Listen, she married one of the finest-looking fellas, most handsome man uh, probably in that part of the country. She married him, and uh, she she hooked that fish. You know why? Because she was happy. I mean, she just radiated uh, happiness, and, and she was fun to be around. Happiness comes from inside. Amen. Uh, circumstances don't uh, determine your, ha- your your happiness. So just trust the Lord and then delight thyself in the Lord. Commit thy way unto the Lord and bless your heart. Now, if you don't do those three things, you'll never get a hold of the fourth one because it says rest in the Lord. I mean, listen, just lay down, cast all your care upon him, settle back in those great big arms of Jesus and lay your head down on his breast and and just don't worry about anything. Rest in the Lord. And the fifth thing is found in verse number 34 where it says, wait on the Lord. Now, I want you to know this. That's one of the hardest things I've ever tried to do in my life is just wait on God. Now, I believe people that wait on the Lord, there's three things that characterize them. Patience, faith, and complete surrender. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it publicly. I'm going to try in 1986 to be like, more like Brother Lloyd. I mean, Lord, Lord never gets excited. Lord just waits. I mean, listen, if, if things don't turn out right today, bless your heart, might as well just wait on them tomorrow. Amen. Just don't get in a hurry. Don't try to speed up things. And I'm going to try to be more like Brother Jimmy. Now, he never get. I've got two deacons, bless your heart. They never get excited. I mean, listen, if somebody came running in here tonight and said there's a, there, there's a truck going to blow up, got oil and gone, it's caught on fire, going to blow up in the front yard, I'd be the first one to skedaddle out this door over here. I mean, I'd get out of here and run as hard as I could. And Brother Law and Brother Jimmy, they'd just stroll out. You know, I, I don't believe they'd get too excited. Now, it indicates patience and faith and full surrender to the Lord. Now, those five things, bless your heart, I believe that they'll help you to overcome worry in your life. I don't believe you'll worry if you'll have those things. Now, that brings us down to the heart of the message, and that took 10 minutes. So I may get through with this tonight. If you'll hear as fast as I can preach tonight, I may get through. Now, I want to give you five no-nos for a child of God. Now, the first one, and by the way, all of these will not be found in Psalm 37. We're going to use this as a springboard, but I want to give you five things, uh, and, and one of them is found in the opening statement of this psalm. Now, it says, fret not thyself. Now, 
I don't know what the dictionary has to say about the word fret, but if you have a good concordance, when you get home, you look it up, and in the, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, and in the Greek uh, New Testament, this word fret, it means mad, sad, or morose. That's what it means. And uh, the word morose, now I had to look that up too, and that means peevish, sullen, or, or gloomy. Now, uh, you know some folk are just mad all the time. You ever get around people, I mean, they're just mad all the time. It sort of reminds me, when I was growing up, we had a, we had a yellow cat, a yellow tomcat. And it, the, uh, 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 no, it wasn't a tomcat. It was a female. But uh, I don't know what you call them, a merry cat or something like that. But anyway, a uh, big old yellow cat. It looks like that one on television. Morris, that's, that's color of that cat we had. And uh, boy, I tell you what, that old cat was just mad all the time. Didn't want anybody to mess with it, didn't want anybody to disturb it. And back in those days, we used to have a lot of those wooden rocking chairs, Brother Frank. I mean that. I, my mother run an, an old tourist court, and they had rocking chairs in every one of those rooms. And we had several in our house. And we, we had three or four rocking chairs in one room. We'd just sit around and rock, you know, and listen to the radio. Now, we didn't have television to back in those days, so we'd just sit around and rock and listen to the radio and talk. And that old cat, listen, I've seen that old cat walk into the room and lay down. And you know how a cat most of the time will take that tail and just pull it up around it? Listen, that tail had been rocked on so many times, it just about had five or six crooks in it when it like it. And she used to walk in the room and lay down, and it looked, she had a sorrowful look on her face, and she just looked like she was saying, all right, there it is, just go ahead and rock on it, and let's get it over with, you know. I mean, there's people in this world that just seem to be mad all the time. Now, the Bible says, fret not, thyself. Now, I want you to know this. When you get saved, now, after you get saved, there's two two things that this uh, this says that we ought not fret about. But when I got saved, I thought everything was going to change. Oh, listen, I, I thought, listen, I didn't think it rained on me again, Miss McClung. I, I thought every time I walked, I'd walk on the sunny side of the street. I mean, listen, I, I thought after I got saved, bless your heart, people stand out on the street corner. When I walked by, they'd say, hooray, brother, you got things going your way now. I mean, listen, everything is wonderful. It's not like that. Amen. I remember when I got saved, listen, it, it changed all right. It took a turn for the worse, honey. I mean, listen, I got into some real battles after I got saved. But now, after you got saved, there's two great surprises that take place in your life. And in Psalm 37, the psalmist talks about these, these two things. Now, number one, if you look in the psalm and read it, read it when you get home. We don't have enough time right now to, to read all of this, but it says... Um, it talks about the mysterious prosperity of the wicked in verse number 1, verse number 7, and verse number 8. It says, fret not, fret not, fret not, three times. And every time it says fret not, it's talking about 
the prosperity of the wicked. Now, this has always been hard for me to understand. I get in that old mercury out there. It has 177,000 miles on it. I, now, that's a lot of miles. I mean, Miss Burr ain't got that many miles on her. That mercury's got 177,000 miles on it. I go out now and open the door, and, and i got to get another hinge because the door's got where it drops down. I have to lift up to shut the door when I get in the car. And I, I, can, uh, I get in that car sometimes and pull out in the street and right up the street, maybe for me, especially right across the street, man pulls out over there in a nice Cadillac. I ride down the streets of Beckley, West Virginia. I see people all around me just live like the devil, booze it up, curse and curse God, take the Lord's name in vain, and bless your heart. It just looks like everything's coming up roses for them, Brother Bob. You ever notice that? I mean, look, old Bob comes in driving that old beat-out fan out there. I mean, listen, I, uh, uh, one of these days, the state of West Virginia is going to tell him, say, hey, you can't drive it anymore. But listen, don't that upset you? It does me. I look around. Here's a man serves God, gives to God, loves God, and then somebody else uh, around him out there just lives like the devil and they drive Cadillacs and Audis and uh, Mercedes Benz and BMWs and all these kind of automobiles. Just looks like they're prosperous. Now the Bible talks about that. He said, "Look around at the uh, when they prosper." And he said, "Don't worry about it. Don't get upset about it. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way." Now look back up at verse number two. It says, "For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb." I mean, listen. They might as well enjoy the things of this world. They might as well rob and cheat and steal from God Almighty, and they might as well enjoy these things because there's coming a day, bless your heart, when they're going to be cut down like the green herb, and don't you worry about it. Don't fret over those things. Thank God you're saved. Amen. Thank God you know the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God that he's blessed you abundantly. Now, the next thing I want you to see is don't fret, don't fret about the prosperity of the wicked. But then secondly, because of the murderous hatred of this world. Now listen, in verses 12 through 15, let's read them. Verse 12, the wicked plotteth against the just and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him for he seeth that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy and to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart and their bows shall be broken. But now, I want you to look down now in verse number uh, 32. The wicked watcheth the righteous and seeketh to slay him. Now, there's two things that surprise a new convert are the people of God. Number one, they're surprised by the, the, the prosperity of the wicked. And then secondly, they're surprised by the murderous 
hatred that the world has for the people of it. This is, this is nothing new. It's nothing new. Jeremiah 12, 1 says, Wherefore doth the way of the wicked prosper? I mean, old Jeremiah couldn't understand. He said, man, said, here I am down here in, in this old miry pit, and they bring me a little slice of bread in the, and a little bit of water to drink it. And he said, I look around and, and said, I can't understand why they're, the wicked are prospering. And here I am, the man of God, and seemingly I don't have anything. Listen, the verse says, Wherefore are all they happy that deal very treacherously? Now, this is in Jeremiah chapter number 12 and verse number 1. Listen. He wondered why they were so prosperous, and then he wondered why they dealt so treacherous with him. Listen, don't worry why the, why the world hates you. You know what the world likes to do with the people of God? Just wipe them off the face of the earth. That's what they'd like to do with this church. This church right here is a thorn in the side of people that run up and down Harper Road. They don't want to honor God. They don't want the people of God to worship God. And I'm telling you, the Bible just simply says, fret not. Don't worry about it. I mean, listen, don't wonder why the wicked are prospering out there. And don't wonder why they hate you. Listen, they hated Jesus. Amen. They took him out, nailed him to a cross, and bled his life's blood out of him. I'm saying to you, don't expect anything different. The Bible just says, fret not, fret not, fret not. Three times in Psalm 37, he said, fret not. Now, the, 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 the next no-no that I want to give you is this. The Bible says not only fret not, but it says fear not. Fear not. Now, uh, I want you to know this. It takes courage to not be afraid. Amen? It takes courage. Now, there's two kinds of courage. One is moral courage. Moral courage is, is a man or a woman who just knows something is right, Brother Bob, and they say just, I, I don't care what happens, as you say back in my day, come hell or high water, I'm going to stand. Amen. So I'm just going to stand for what's right. Now that's what you call moral courage. And then some people just have physical courage. I mean, listen, there's some people that are not afraid of anything, anybody, anywhere, anytime. Now, I, I've met a few like that. As a matter of fact, listen, it is a rare, rare thing to find a man or a woman who has these two kinds of courage in the same person. I've met a few. Now, it takes courage uh, to stand for God and not to fear. Now, the Bible just says, fear not. Now, I, when I read the Bible and I find out how many times that uh, God said, don't be afraid, and, uh, and, and said, fear not, I think it's because that fear literally grips people's lives. I mean, just about it. Everybody here tonight in this place probably has some little fear that you have. Now, fear and trust never stay in the same heart. 
The Bible says, a perfect love casteth out fear. The Bible says, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Now, the Bible says the characteristic of most people in the world today is men's hearts failing them for fear. I mean, people are dying today because of the fact that they're fearful. There's a lot of things that people are afraid of. A lot of people fear death. A lot of people fear death. Now, I'm not going to be a hypocrite tonight. And I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that I'm jumping up and down and hooping and hollering and are looking to die. Now, I don't like death. I, I was talking to Brother Singer about it just a little while ago. And uh, I, I'm not fearful of it. I, I know that I, my ticket's all taken care of, Brother Lloyd. But I want to tell you one thing. I'm not jumping up and down with joy waiting on the grim reaper to come and take my life away from me. I love living. I love my family. I love Christmas time. I love New Year's time. I look forward to seeing 1986. I want to see this church building field. That's something I've always wanted. I love living. I like life. I don't want to die. I don't want anything to do with death. I told you one day, I don't, I don't really see the idea of, of getting in a casket, Brother Frank. I don't like to be closed in. Now, I don't have claustrophobia in the sense that, that I can't get on an elevator or something like that. I can get on an elevator and I can go up and down in it. But I'll tell you one thing. When I want to get out, I want to get out. Amen. If that thing got hung in there and I couldn't get out, I believe I'd pull what little bit of hair I got out. I mean, when I want to get out of something, I want to get out of it right then. Ms. Burrow tell you, the first thing I do when I get in the bed at night is loosen the covers up. I don't like it around my feet. And I know people are saying, well, you're silly. No, I think about things like this, and I'm not looking forward to dying. Huh? How many times have you ever had anybody uh, in, a, in a funeral somewhere and they walk by and look at that corpse laying there and they say, my, don't he look natural? How in the name of heaven is a dead man going to look natural? Huh? Yeah, I mean, listen, that, that grates on my nerves. I've never seen one yet that, that just looked natural, you know. Now, I have seen some that look nice, you know, but I'm telling you, they just don't look too natural. Laying. I don't want anything to do with death. I pray to God that Jesus would come and I'd escape death. I pray to God he'd come and I'd go up in the rapture and, and be with Jesus that way. I don't want to die. Now, there's a lot of people that fear death, but oh, listen to me. Listen, David said many, many years ago, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I'm saying to you, bless your heart, men fear death. Let me give you something else that men fear. And boy, I, I know I'm going to get those last two, so I'll just give these first, first ones here all I got. Okay? Death. Man fears that. And then let me say this. Men fear judgment. They fear judgment. Psalm 46, 1 and 2 says, God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, listen, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be
either. I think we ought to stand up for God and what's right. Now, the Bible says in Proverbs 29 and verse 25, the fear of man bringeth a snare. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 28, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Amen. The Psalm 118 and verse 6 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? I like that. Amen. There's no need to fear. God is on our side. What can men do unto us? So God says, first of all, fret not. And then God said, uh, don't you fear. Don't fear not. Fear not. Uh, long time ago, I read about this. There was a saint of God and a robber was going to rob him. And uh, the robber said, uh, we're going to take all that you have. And the Christian said, oh no, you can't take all that I have. You can't touch my faith. I have faith in God. And you can't take that away from me. The fellow said, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll burn your house down. He said, no, sir. He said, you can't do that. He said, I have a house not made with hands. And said, it's in heaven. And said, you can't get to that. And after a little while, the robber said, well, this is just some kind of nut anyway. Probably doesn't have anything. So he just left him alone. I'm saying to you, listen, man can't do anything to us if we trust in God. And then let me say this. There are a lot of men who just fear insecurity. Now, they seemingly uh, have everything in the world, and yet they seem insecure. In uh, uh, the Psalms, it says, I have been young, I have been old. Verse number uh, 25, if you want to look down in Psalm 37, I have been young, and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Amen. I'm secure in the Lord Jesus tonight, Brother Jimmy. I remember when we were undergoing all the problems with finances here in this place, and I thought we was going to lose this building. And, and somehow, in my mind, I, I, it, it just, now, I know it was wrong, but somehow I equated this building with serving God. But you know, it dawned upon me one day, listen, we, we can worship God under an oak tree. Brother Frank, I mean, listen, we, we don't have anything to worry about. We are secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what can man do to us? So we don't need to fear insecurity. And then I want you to know this. Some men just fear failure. They just don't want to fail. Now, Mandy's here tonight. David, what, what year is David in right now? He's in his fourth year. And he'll graduate next May, hopefully, is that right? And he'll finish up four years of Bible college. Now, I've often said this. It doesn't take a lot of faith to go to school. It takes a lot of faith to leave school and go out and pastor a church or to start a church somewhere. I'll tell you right now, Mandy, I'm not going to ask you to get up and testify tonight or anything like that, but I'll guarantee you some of, some of the, one of the hardest things that David has ever done in his life 
You just try to start a little church down there. Either. Huh? I mean, that's hard. You, you think working in a coal mine's hard? Honey, you ought to go rent you a building and get you some cheers and say, hey, I'm going to build a church here for the glory of God. I'll tell you right now, that's the hardest thing that you'll ever undertake on the face of God's green earth. Now, I'm saying to you, some men just fear failure. I, would, I didn't want to fail. Man, I don't want to fail. You don't want to fail. I would hate, listen, if, if there's one person at Emmanuel Baptist Church that wants this church to succeed, it's a pastor. I don't want to fail here for the cause of God. Now, there's some men that just fear failure. Now, let me give you some instances in the Bible of some people where it looked like that they had failed. Now, Joseph, think about Joseph for just a minute. Joseph was a young man who dreamed dreams. He had visions. You remember where uh, it said that his sheaves stood up and all the sheaves bowed down and paid homage to him. Now, listen, this wasn't an ego trip that Joseph was on. I mean, listen, God really spoke to him and God really gave him a vision like that. And Brother Bob, he was telling his brothers about it and uh, you know what? They got upset. And they said, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll, we'll, take, we'll kill a wild animal. We'll take that coat of many colors and stain it with blood and we'll throw him in a pit and we'll tell his daddy that, that uh, a wild animal killed him. Well, they Ishmael, you meant the uh, who was it? The Midianites came by and they dug him up and sold him into slavery. Let me tell you something. It looked like old Joseph had failed. Amen. It looked like uh, everything was going downhill for him. But I want you to know the end of the story. God sent a famine and his brothers, the same ones who had thrown him into the pit, had to come down in Egypt's land and beg for bread at the feet of Job. Well, I'm telling you, it may seem like you're failing sometimes, but just hang in there, brother. Hang in there, sister, and serve God, and don't fear. Don't fear men, and don't fear failure. Think about the old Apostle Paul. Amen. Over in Acts chapter 27, he was on that ship, and uh, brother, come a storm, and the ship was was sinking. I mean, going down. You know what Paul did? I know what I'd have done. I'd have panicked. I'd have panicked. I I said, "Oh God, it looks like we're going down." I I mean, I'd have threw up my hands in despair. Not so with Paul. I mean, Paul slipped off somewhere down the belly of that old ship, and he prayed. And you you know what? He came up and he said, "There stood by me this night the angel of God, saying." Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Now look here. Uh, he tells the men this. He said, the ship's going to sink, but everybody on the ship is going to be spared. Now I'll tell you what, I'd have probably laughed at him too. I'd have said, hi, in the name of heaven, is this ship going to go down and every human being on it is going to get saved to ground? Well, I'll tell you what. They went some on planks and some on boards, but bless your heart, uh, they went through. Now, at one time, it looked like Paul was failing, but bless your heart, it was turned into victory. The Bible says, fear not, I am the first and the last. You know who he said that to? Old John on the Isle of Patmos. John fell down. 
You remember, uh, he prayed and, 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 uh, he heard a voice speaking to him and, and he, he, he saw this, uh, vision of the Lord and, uh, he fell down on his face at the feet of Jesus and, and that's what Jesus said to him. He said, fear not, I am the first and the last. And, uh, he said to him, John, listen, because you're saved, I want you to know that I love you and you don't have anything to worry about. Children, I thank God bless your heart. 25 years ago, I opened up my heart and received Jesus Christ into my heart and I'm saved tonight. And because he cares about me, bless your heart, I don't have anything to fear. And one day when I stand before him, there's a verse that says, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. I mean, listen, you don't have to fear God because of failure. You don't have to fear God for any reason. God said, fret not. And God said, fear not. Amen. You don't have to be even be fearful about being a little church. Amen. You know, Jesus said one time, Fear not, little flock, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. It says in there, The meek shall inherit the earth. You don't have to worry about being in, in a minority. Bless your heart. When they went over to, into Canaan land, Brother Jimmy, I mean, listen, the minority was right and the majority was wrong. You don't have to fear, just trust in God. Now, I wish I had all these other things that I could give you tonight, but I can see that I'm not going to get through it. I'll finish the message for you either Sunday night or Wednesday night. I'll give you the other three things in this message. I don't have enough time tonight to do it justice, but... I want you to know this, those first two things, you remember them, fret not, fret not. I mean, and then he goes on and says, fear not. Amen. Don't worry and don't fear. And I want you to know, listen, 1986 will be the best year we've ever had. Don't worry about it. You say, Brother Bill, how do you know that? Because I believe that God will see us through. Amen. I just believe we put our faith and trust in him. Now, let's pray together. Every head bowed and every heart bowed. Now, tonight, we want to close in prayer. And I, I just, it slipped my mind in the beginning of the service tonight. But I want you to pray for Mrs. Palmer. She's been having uh, a, a few physical problems. And I want you to pray for her that God would bless and help her. And let's pray together. Father, thank you for the good message tonight, Lord, from the Word of God. We thank you for Psalm 37, Lord. And we do pray that you might bless and help us all to not to fret and not to fear. And Lord, I just pray that you'd watch over us and satisfy every need that we have in this place. And Lord, for Mrs. Palmer tonight, I pray, dear God, that you might bless her. And, Lord, give her peace in her heart. Help her, Lord Jesus, not to worry because we just need to put our faith and our trust in you. Thank you, Lord, for every blessing we have. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and amen. God bless you. Shake hands.